Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You excited about your walk with God? Has it become boring and routine to you? Has it become void of the supernatural things of God? Are you just kind of existing? If you are, you're in the wilderness. You forgot it all for the things of this world. Guys, the only thing that matter are people's lives changing. And we have to be a part of it. And if we will, there'll be so excitement in your life everywhere. What excites you today? Has Jesus and his priorities for your life become boring to you? Today, Pastor Mark will challenge all Christ followers to evaluate whether or not changed lives is at the core of who they are. Apathy is one of the main ways the enemy uses to drift believers away from the Lord. The beauty of a walk with Christ is it's so fulfilling and so purpose-driven that it should never get boring. It's filled with excitement and adventure without an end in sight. What's holding you back from experiencing a full Christian life today? He's ready to fill your life. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Ephesians as he concludes part 12 in his series entitled Unlimited Opportunities. Now, I'm going to give you a little quiz today at all of our campuses here in Melbourne and Vieira and Sebastian and, and East Orlando. And I want, to see how, I want to see how good you do, so get ready to answer me now. What do, what, what do sinners do? Very good. You guys are brilliant. You mean, you mean sinners actually sin? Yeah, they do. Well, here's the thing. Pretty good with that. Some of you still didn't get it. Uh, yeah, sinners sin. That's why they're called? Very good. Man, I can go home now. I taught my lesson. I'm done. Well, let me ask you this next question. As you think about sinners that sin, as you think about sinners that sin, where do sinners live? Everywhere. Why? Because our world is filled with, this year, 7 billion people. And sinners sin, and every person who's a sinner needs a heart change. That's what Jesus came for. That's why we're here. Every single person that needs Jesus is a sinner. You know the statement. You don't need to write it. If I'm a follower of Jesus, notice Jesus came to the earth to change sinners into Christ followers. Now, why? Why? Why the change is necessary? Because one day, physically, we'll die. You will die. The outcome of that is two destinations. One, heaven with God forever. Two, separated from God forever, a place called hell. There's no other destinations. 
There's no second chances. There's no coming back, as uh, the Eastern religions say. I keep on getting it right. You'll never get it right. It's appointed unto man once to die, and after death, the judgment. So see, this isn't a joking matter. Jesus wasn't, he, he was so mad at the religious people. He said, you're all fooled. You think you're healthy. You're not healthy at all. This guy, Matthew, is now getting right spiritually because he's following me. You know that I don't use the term Christian too often. Why? You ask everybody, pretty much everybody in our churches, in our cities, what kind of a country is America? Christian country. Are you Christian? Yeah, I'm a Christian. What does that mean? I have no idea, but I'm a Christian. We're not Christian. By the way, this is no longer a Christian nation. Don't kid yourself. So I use the term Christ follower. Are you right now following Jesus Christ? Not 42 years ago did you get saved, but are you right now following Jesus Christ? So as you look at this, we seem to understand that God doesn't want anybody to perish. It's his will that no person ever created is separated from him. He loves the world. That's why he sent Jesus. Two weeks from now, Easter. Why? God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So you won't have to perish. I won't have to perish. Well, what role do I have in it? I want you to write this because that's the key. If I'm a Christ follower, I have to be an agent of change. And that means because sinners live everywhere, that gives me a million opportunities to use the good news. If you're here today, if you're still on this earth today, the reason you're here ultimately is to be an agent of change. And God wants to do that in us because it's just unlimited. All kinds of things will happen in our lives. Now go back to Joshua chapter 2 and we'll see a huge, huge principle. Joshua chapter 2, verse 2. So the spies are there in the house with Rahab. Now the king of Jericho, this pagan enemy nation, was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So what happened? In spite of all their good intentions, in spite of all their plans, they're found out. And the the ruler of Jericho says, go get those boys. We're going to take care of them. They're spies. Now, what does that verse remind me of? Everywhere we go in life, there's spiritual warfare. Satan will always come against the things that we're trying to do for the kingdom of God. The king of Jericho is an agent of Satan. He's going to try to stop the whole thing. By the way, he can't stop it because God always wins. But you have to understand, life is not a playground. As I'm speaking now, there's demons in this building. Don't get weird. There's just demons here. There's angels here. There's spiritual warfare. Unseen warfare. But understand today, Satan has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And we'll find that wherever we go. When this clinic starts, you don't think there'll be any spiritual warfare? What did our doctor tell us the very first thing you have to do? Pray. Because the enemy wants to stop what God wants to But he can't stop it. You can relax. Now, look at verse 3. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab. Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house. Because they have come to spy the whole land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, yes, here's the beginning of her lie. I'll get to that later. Yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, the men left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. 
But she had taken them up on the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid out on the roof. So the men set out in pursuit of these two spies on the road that leads to the fords of the Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the city gate was shut. Now verse 8. Before the spies laid down for the night, she went up on the roof. Now remember, nothing's immorals happen, but you want to circle in your Bible verse 9 and just put by verse 9, key. Put by verse 9, key. And Rahab said to them, I know that the Lord has given this land to you and that a great fear has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. Why do I call that a key? Because Rahab's confession is a confession of faith. Rahab says, I know that this God that I don't even know about, I know that this God has given you our land, all of Israel. See, she's speaking of a victory that hasn't even happened yet. God has been speaking to her. She has faith. Faith, what is faith? It's a confident assurance that what we hope for is going to happen. It's the evidence of things we cannot yet see. Now, as we begin to think about this, how in the world did that faith come? And what kind of faith did she have? Watch me. This is huge. Rahab isn't just saying that with her head. Lots of people in church have mental faith. Oh, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. I, when I interview lots of people, talk about lots of people, they get, oh, I believe in Jesus. Are you following him? Well, no, I believe in Jesus. B- by the way, Satan believes in Jesus. So you're not in very good company. You have to follow him. So how do I know that Rahab's faith is not just mental? It's not just talk. It's not just talk. How? Because she backs her words with action. What does she do? She opens the door to her own personal risk. Not only does she believe in a God she doesn't even know anything about, but she's going to protect these two spies with her life at risk. Hebrews chapter 11, it was by faith that Rahab the, oh, there it is. Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey, for she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. What does that mean? It means that Rahab's faith went from her head to her heart. It's called active faith. It's not just words. She followed it through with action. In fact, the book of James, the book of James is all about uh, you have to prove by works that you're really a believer, and Paul likes to talk about faith. You have to have the two of them together. If you're going to say you're a follower of Christ, there's got to be some fruit. There's got to be some works. There's got to be something that you can see. So here she is, Rahab's faith. She's found in chapter 11, which is the hall of faith. Amazing to me. Now, let's just talk about this for a moment. You also saw in here that Rahab lied right through her teeth. Now, some of you are saying, I really do like this church. Not only the prostitute deal, but the lying deal. And just think about this. Rahab knows nothing about God. She's a pagan. She knows nothing of God's love. She just knows that he's led the children of Israel. She knows nothing of God's love, and she knows nothing of the laws of God. Now, I asked you a question, and you answered it correctly before. What do sinners do? Sin. So she's at the beginning of having an understanding of who God is. That's why we have to give new believers a little relaxation. 
They're not going to know all the things of God. They have to start from where they're at and they grow. Be kind to them. You say, well, Pastor Mark, I'm a mature sinner and I don't sin. <laughs> Liar. Am I right? Sure we do. So understand where Rahab is. She started. She has faith, but it's not much faith. She's just getting going. She doesn't even know really what's happening, except that there's a God that she knows she wants to be a part of. Now, let me ask you a question. Where did her faith come from? The answer, verse 10. She goes on, we have heard that the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out from Egypt. And what you did to Shihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. In fact, when we heard of it, our hearts melted and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God, look at this statement, is God in heaven above and on the earth below? That's amazing. She's a pagan. She believes in many gods. How in the world did she come to this? You know the statement, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So what is she saying? She's saying, we heard about God opening the Red Sea out of Egypt. Look at me. How many years ago was that? 40 years ago. That story is still moving within Israel. If the Israelites ever come here with that God, we're dead meat. You're exactly right. And then more recently... uh, we see that Sihon and Og, what is that? God defeated through Israel on the other side of the Jordan just in the last few weeks, 60 fortified cities. They were totally destroyed. They heard that. So what is she saying? She says, we've heard about God's supernatural works for the Jewish people. I want to know this God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You see, a powerful personal testimony tells people how lives have been changed. One of the most powerful things that you and I can use is what God's done in my life. That's how she had come to faith, when she heard what the God, Jehovah, the Israelites did, and how he opened the doors and how he battles for them. That's the side she wants to be on. No wonder, no wonder. But notice, how many people heard about God's supernatural things? Look at the verses. How many people heard about God's supernatural at the Red Sea in the battle? How many? How many? All of them. How many believed? One. See, you can quote the Bible stories from A to Z. You can know them all. You can be a great religious person. But unless it moves from here to here, it's useless. You're going to see in our story, two weeks, a week after Easter, that the whole town is destroyed, except for Rahab and her family. You have to move it from here to here. And you want to have to, here's the key word, change. Well, in verse 12 through 16, we see this. Now then, she says, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I've shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and my mother and my brothers and sisters and all who belong to them and that you will save us from death. Well, here's what we discover in the next few verses. Look at me. The two spies say basically this. If you don't tell what's happened here, we promise to save you. And she let them down with a cord over that wall to escape. She told them to go wait for three days and then cross the river. 
That cord is another whole sermon, don't have time today. That cord, the color was red. And when Joshua and the armies came in and they looked at the house, if they saw a house with a red cord, they would save everybody in that house who wouldn't kill them. What is that a picture of? It's a picture of the blood of Jesus Christ. It's a picture of the Passover. It's a picture of the Exodus. That cord was not green. It wasn't orange. It wasn't yellow. It was red. And that's a picture of Jesus' love in the Old Testament. So we'll see two weeks from now how that whole story actually happens and follows through. Now, go down to verse 23. These guys get back. They cross the river. They go to Joshua. And look at the end of verse 23. And they tell Joshua everything that happened to them. Let me ask you a question. When when these two spies get back and Joshua says, well, like what happened? Do you think they did like this? Well, we kind of went to this house, and wasn't much happening there, and we're back here. It's everything safe now. I don't think so. I think they were stoked out of their mind, don't you? I'm thinking, say, we stayed in a house of a prostitute. John, wait, 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 what did we say? And away we went. And all of our steps were guided by God. And you can't believe it. God, look at this red cord that comes out later. It's going to be exciting. God was there. That's exactly right. Let me ask you this morning. You excited about your walk with God? Has it become boring and routine to you? Has it become void of the supernatural things of God? Are you just kind of existing? If you are, you're in the wilderness. You forgot it all for the things of this world. Guys, the only thing that matter are people's lives changing. And we have to be a part of it. And if we will, there'll be so excitement in your life everywhere. Following Jesus Christ is an adventure. It's the greatest lifestyle in all the world. Get with it. If it's boring to you, ask God to change your heart. Look at verse 24. They said to Joshua, the Lord has surely given the whole land to our hands. All the people are melting in fear because of us. See, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. Understand, they knew when they went out, it was kind of be about strategic things. But they discovered the heart of God again. Yeah, they know they already have won the war. They knew that before they even went. And by the way, they really didn't learn anything strategically because God's call about the walls coming down, you can't find in a book of how to defeat an enemy. What did they discover? It was about one woman coming to faith in the God that they knew. We said, Pastor Mark, what can we learn from this story today? I'm going to give you three things as we close. Number one, write them down. Number one, no one is beyond the reach of God. When you look at this situation, we see the extent God goes to bring one woman in her house to salvation. Something that seemed impossible. It's not to God. Do you have someone on your list that's beyond the reach of God? You think? No one is beyond the reach of God. Jeremiah 32 says this, I'm the Lord, the God of all the peoples of the world. Is anything too hard for me? A woman who was raised a pagan her whole life, a life of prostitution, had no chance of ever getting out of it, Searching for meaning, and God comes to her. There's no one beyond the reach of God.
Number two, what do I learn from this? God can change anyone. You see, Rahab heard about God, but she still had to believe God. She still had asked God to have the faith to believe. Then Rahab, the woman who trusted God, then was changed by God. She moved from a prostitute to a woman of faith. Why? Because of the grace of God. Oh, she was just starting. But you'll see that she, when she comes over to the nation of Israel, you'll see what God does. You see, we all have to start somewhere. And God can change anywhere like you heard the story of David. You see, you know the scripture. The old is gone. The new has become. And number three, maybe my most important point today. It is never too late to start doing right. Some of you don't believe that today. But I want you to see in a moment as I read this, that Rahab, her life, she could have never, ever, ever imagined this. Let's just read it. This is the picture of a lineage. Some of you can look back at your lineage and see who your aunt and uncle was and who came over on the ship Mayflower or whatever, and you can go all the way back where they came from in the world. Let, let's read this, this picture in Matthew chapter 1, verse 5. Here, look at this. Salmon was the father of Boaz, whose mother was who? Is there anything missing in that sentence? She was a prostitute. Not now. Not now. She's changed. Boaz was the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother was Bathsheba, the widow of Uriah. And then I cut about 20 verses out because you wouldn't know any of those people. And I don't either. Jacob was the father of Joseph. We're still in the lineage. Jacob was the father of Joseph, Mary and Joseph, the husband of Mary. Mary gave birth to Jesus, who is called the Messiah. In your wildest imagination, can you ever picture a God that in the lineage of Jesus Christ, up in that lineage is Rahab, the former prostitute. What kind of a God is that? What kind of a God is that? You say, well, Pastor Mark, I wouldn't like that. Who are you? Let's see if we go back to uh, what do sinners do? Thank you. Let me ask you a question. Who would have been in the lineage if you removed sinners? There's nobody. Hallelujah. God can change anyone. It's not too difficult. And what did that open up for her? In her wildest imagination, she couldn't believe choosing God would open unlimited opportunities so far that she would be in the lineage of the one who would come and die for you and die for me. Christ followers tell people how God has changed their lives. Today, Pastor Mark taught us that no one is beyond the reach of God, that God can change anyone, and that it's never too late to start doing right. All of these things speak to why we as believers should have no fear in sharing the gospel. So what's holding you back from sharing your testimony today? We were created to spread and model the love of Christ. Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Are you fulfilling the role and purpose God designed you for? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will teach listeners how man was designed to do life daily with God. Oftentimes, we can go through life only reaching out to God in times of need. He wants to be our ever-present source of hope and strength every single day, and He promises to be that. How sweet it is to have a God that desires our fellowship daily. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world